blunderbusses and muskets and. Well, I don't think that blunderbuss was blocked by the blunderbuss bill uh, of 1786. Right. Yeah. Put in by James yeah. Wilson, right? Okay. Uh, James Blunderbuss. He James didn't like Blunder. the name. He didn't like the name Mr. of the Buss. gun. Uh, no, it was Mr. Blunderbuss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, what we're trying to man. get at is nothing has changed. Please. Technically, uh, any bus Rudy Giuliani drives on is the Blunderbuss. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve along with the other Steve. Yosh. And Ryan. I have cracked, listen, I've cracked open my Jameson in celebration. <sighs> that Arizona today is no, tea it's with the ginseng. holiday today, November 7th, or November 8th, sorry. November 8th is a holiday for me now. What flavor of Arizona iced tea was that? <laughs> it was triple distilled. Uh, ginseng with honey. Yeah, we'll we'll hint to peach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you only get peach and apple, bro. Come on. <laughs> you know what's good, but if you drink too much of it, you get sick. Mint snapple. Everything. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, mint snapple. Yeah, mint snapple's real good. That's true. Good point. All right. So today, so too much of everything's a bad thing. So we have too much of the electoral college. What? <laughs> We actually do enough to fit into two episodes. Oh, fuck. Holy okay. shit. Earlier I was like, yeah, don't worry, hon. I'll just be like an hour on this one. It should be pretty brief. Now I'm sitting here like it's a couple <laughs> hundred old dudes that cast a vote. Like, okay. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Steve's got a 700 megabyte Excel file. <laughs> he's got a three ring binder he's opening. He's got a color tab. He's running functions on each episode. Index, appendices. PowerPoint. <laughs> a map. <laughs> Google Slides. <laughs> Google Slides. All right. So the Electoral College. Yeah, the, the Electoral College is kind of, in modern times, is a very uniquely American thing in that it's a system that, like, nobody else in the world uses to choose their president. It's, it's very uniquely American because, again, just like you said, the, the systems that only we use, much like the imperial me- the imperial measurement system and things like that, just America has right. to have that exceptionalism. So here's well, a question, though. Is there anything even close to it? Well, the, the closest modern state that uses the Electoral College is, or, or a system similar to the Electoral College, is the Vatican. Because <laughs> the, the Cardinal no. of Colleges is essentially... Or the College of Cardinals is essentially the same as the Electoral College, in that these representatives pick out um, the next pope. All you right. would have to do is tell the United States population at large that the Electoral College vaguely, somewhat, kind of resembles the Vatican, and it's gone tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> Good try. Yeah, gone. <laughs> so the the Electoral College, um, sort of at the Constitutional Convention of 1787. Um, they, they sort of had to come up with a way in which they would elect the president. Because um, at this time, you know, they're under the Articles of Confederation, which very loosely tied together the United States. We do not yet have the, the United States Constitution yet. And at the time, nobody's really voting, right? Well, you're, you're voting in local elections. 
um, to if if you fall within the the certain requirements in order to vote, usually being <coughs> be a, a landowner, um, definitely being white. Um, Sounds think, about white. It, it differs from state to state at this time. Um, so the first plan that sort of um, introduced is called the Virginia Plan, um, and what this plan calls for is for Congress to elect the president. Oh my God. Um, yeah, no, dele- it's a government of the people. Yeah. Um, so delegates from a, a majority of the states uh, agreed with this, but after it was debated, um, they came to oppose it because they felt that it would violate the separation of powers that they were sort of um, envisioning within the Constitution. I could see that. Yeah, legislature can't really appoint an executive because it's a huge, uh, what would you call that? Uh, Conflict of interest? Yeah, that thing right there. There you go. Checks and balances on the guy you put in there. Okay. One of the delegates, James Wilson, proposed that that electors um, would choose the president. And he won. It, it his idea sort of um, sort of stuck. Um, so later on in the convention, they, they formed a committee um, that would talk about a, how they would elect the president, um, including this recommendation of electors. Um, and they, they sort of had to come up with the formula by which these people would be apportioned. So you're going to tell me in 230 fucking years, not one of them decided, hey, let's just get the most popular guy. 230 well, fucking years and they still didn't couldn't figure it out there, like, hey, there's a, re- there's a reason polled. for that and we'll get to that and it, okay. it, it's sort of like this thing that people have this idea of the united states government especially um chuds um, they, they have this idea that, that everything was sort of set out the way it is today in the constitution like right. the way the electoral college is that it hasn't been changed that it was this perfect system that the founding fathers um, created and that we haven't had to change it since. Steve, um, but that I'm is an, far from I'm the an, truth. I'm an originalist. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking ignorant ass comment is that? Like you know, as soon as but, she as soon as she said that, I was just like, oh my god. I mean, Someone, why would you have to change anything? I feel like the population hasn't really changed. We got it right. Thirty million, right? And I feel like the amount of firearms hasn't changed. If we're talking about, um, you know, look, Ryan. <laughs> I'm as a gun owner, I can tell you right now that with my nine millimeter semi automatic handgun, um, it takes me just as much time as a ball and musket. How's this? Let's play a game real quick. As fast as you can, tell me how many guns you think were sold in the United States in two thousand nineteen. Four. Seriously. Give million. me a number. Four million, okay. Probably Steve. twelve million, I think. Okay. I think it's somewhere around there. Twelve million that, in two thousand nineteen in the United States, Steve. I probably agree with Steve on that. 79 million guns were sold in 2019 in the United States. That's legal sales. Guys, I just want to say, I don't see how this is any different from 1779 or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no, I mean, that's probably about the same amount because we had about 130 million people. They sold about 79 million muskets, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, overall. And blunderbusses and muskets and... Well, I don't think that blunderbuss was blocked by the blunderbuss bill uh, of 1786. Right. Put in by James Wilson, right? Uh, James Blunderbuss. He just didn't like the name. He didn't like the name of the gun. Uh, No, it was Mr. Blunderbuss, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So basically what we're trying to get at is nothing has changed. Please continue. Technically, any bus Rudy Giuliani drives on is the (laughs) blunderbuss. Everybody's going to have to forgive us because this is going to be the one really political episode. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, they, the, 
the committee sort of comes to the decision that the representatives would equal out to the number of representatives they have in Congress. Um, so the number of representative states would have um, in order to be an, um, the number of electors they would have would be equal to the number of, of representatives and senators. So every state's getting at least two. Take, right. I, I guess technically at least three yeah, um, because three. every every state has at least one representative um, and they always have two senators. Um, and they, they sort of began to debate too about how they would do it. Um, and they, they came up with things such as the Connecticut Compromise and the Three-Fifths Compromise. Um, hmm. and, and they decided that the electors would be chosen um, in such a manner that their local legislatures decided. So that's, that's, that's an important thing, is that while today the way that electors are chosen um, is pretty universal, except for, I think, Maine and Nebraska, yeah. um, at this time it is not. So how are they chosen today? If we just want to jump forward real ahead, because I, I don't know how they're chosen. Essentially, each state is apportioned into um, into districts um, for each of its electors, usually, um, and then whoever wins the state either gets all of the electors, or in the case of Nebraska and Maine, um, the the electors are apportioned out due relative to the vote. Ah, I feel like that's the smarter way to do it. Right? Or am I insane? Well, no, it's it, it, a number of electors proportional to the votes that came in, right? Like, that sounds like it makes sense. Anyway. It, it, it sort of does and sort of doesn't. And the, the nation's kind of moving away from that as a whole um, because they're, they're sort of setting into things as well, um, which we'll talk about next episode, like a faithless elector um, that, that, you, that they're trying to come up with legislation that prevents there from being faithless electors, who is an elector um, who goes against the the candidate they were chosen for you know how you could get rid of those real quick just um <clears throat> make um whoever wins the fucking popular vote jesus christ <laughs> yeah um, simple fucking fix there you go anyway um, sorry f founding father um governor of new york or founding father governor morris of new york um he sort of um, approved these reasons, and the, sort of the idea they had, and this sort of comes up, is they're worried about some sort of like intrigue, um, as they call it, um, where the president could be chosen by a small group of, of men um, who met together regularly because um, they want you know the president to be separate um, for those of Congress. Oh, intrigue, scandalous. They sort of like come up with these ideas of like how do we protect it um, from sort of being controlled by a cabal. Um, and some, some delegates such as James Wilson, and James Madison, um, had, had the crazy idea of a popular election for the chief executive. See, that's what I'm talking about. Um, but Madison felt that it would be difficult due to the prevalence of slavery in the South. Um, Madison said himself, there was one difficulty, however, of a serious nature attending an immediate choice by the people. The right of suffrage was much more diffusive in the northern than the southern states, and the latter could have no influence in the election on the score of Negroes. The substitution of electors obviated this difficulty and seemed on the whole to be liable to the fewest objections. Because remember through the Three-Fifths Compromise that delegates are apportioned, you know, to Congress mm -hmm. based on the population of slaves. 
what are they saying? That fractions were too hard, so they didn't want to let the, well, the popular vote because it would be too hard to add up all those three-fifths of, perps, of persons? Yeah, well, let me no. just stop everyone right here. Ryan, you are very energetic today. I'm just I saying. I I'm just stopping right there. Ago, you so. are like, are you? <laughs> did you smoke weed or speed, bro? Nah, bro. If I smoked <laughs> weed, I'm very calm and chill. <laughs> You're so, you are so energetic. Listen, uncomfortably I, 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 energetic. I'm very happy because we got really good news. Oh yesterday. yeah, sure, um, absolutely. I just got off work, so. Oh, you know, you're feeling it. Yeah. I'm not giving you day. shit. I'm just pointing out. <laughs> no, I had but, a good day today, man. I'm very, I'm very, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm fantastic. I'm in the well, moment. The, well, the thing is that you're you're not going to include the slaves in the popular vote because the slaves can't vote. Um, and, right. and that, that uh, just sort of gives the wealthy slave owners like more than one vote if you're giving them their their slaves as as sort of like their voting power. Gotcha. So so that wasn't even that wasn't even like a, a suggestion. That wasn't even a thought. I wasn't um, the even reason, thinking about it. And the reason why a popular election would not favor the South is because the South, um, until after the Civil War, had a much lower population than the North. So here's my question then, because this is the argument that you always get for people that want to keep the Electoral College in play. They always say you don't want the population centers, i.e. the cities, to outnumber the, um, we'll just say, suburbs and rural areas because that would be unfair. Well, don't you think that it's unfair that where all the fucking people live can't well, vote and have a majority say? Once again, where majority of the people live should have well, a majority I'll, of the say. Well, I'll stop you there because – the places with the population majorities are getting the more electoral votes. You know, the like Wyoming is not deciding the election of the president. No, that's it's what I'm always, saying. But you have people yeah. that, 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 that will hold up the Electoral College saying, well, they shouldn't be able to tell Wyoming how to vote because Wyoming has a smaller population. So you have a vote that counts for more, if that makes sense, in Wyoming than in California. Yeah, you can make like that argument, but it, it just – it's it's just a very bad argument. It just it, it's doesn't. A, it's a terrible fucking argument. <laughs> I'm, that's not the argument I'm trying to make. I'm just saying I've heard this so much, and I'm just like, yeah, um, where all the people live, that's who should be voting, like to decide what they want to do, not not the people that live on 900 acres. Like, hey, good for you, like, but you know, stay in your lane. Yeah. So the, the convention approved the, the Electoral College proposal with minor modifications on September 6, 1787. Um, delegates from states with smaller populations, um, they generally favored the Electoral College. Um, and also, too, um, after the um, – there, there was sort of a runoff um, among the, the, fall, uh, the top five candidates. Uh, what is that exactly? How does that work? A runoff. What do you mean? A runoff. Where they, it's just an election, um, right? Or it's just very close. You don't have a majority. So you're just saying, like, you don't have a majority, so we do another election, right? Well, we do another vote to, to sort of, like, hammer things down more. Okay, okay. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't... For their Senate seat, right? Right. Yeah, there's two of them, but I, my... my the reason I was asking is I just I hear it a lot and it's one of those words where I'm pretty sure I know what it means but I just wanted to make sure there wasn't any kind of like gotcha there I, well, I feel like it's just it's so close that it's like alright fuck it do it again just to make sure well usually in, in most cases when they do a runoff for instance in Georgia where they have runoff elections for representatives 
um, which is sort of a gotcha thing. Um, but also what it does is essentially says, like, these are the two candidates who have the most amount of votes. So we're going to vote again, but with just these two candidates and not with independents or anybody else. So you can only choose these these two. So it's like a pseudo-ranked voting kind of thing. Like it's, it's like Sort of, yeah. Over. Okay, yeah. Which is what I, I like. I like the ranked voting system, but there's problems with it. Um, the, the, the small states became in favor of um, the House of Representatives um, with each state delegation casting one vote um, deciding most elections. Um, while this is going on, um, the Federalist Papers begin to be published. Oh, oh shit, here son. Here we go. The Federalist Papers, bro. So the, the Federalist Papers are, are sort of an anonymously published um, series of papers by James Madison, um, John Jay, and Alexander Hamilton. You just said they I, were anonymous. How did you know exactly? <laughs> well, we know, we, we know who they are today. It was written under a pseudonym, bro. <laughs> yes, but, it, but when they were first originally published, they were published under the name um, Publius. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> uh, Publius or, or Publius. Uh, uh, settle down like- there, uh, third grade Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you said they were pronounced by Publius? <laughs> huh? Anybody? <laughs> my my brain goes there too. Like it's just a I, I think it's a dude thing really, more than yeah, anything. Of course. It's just a dude thing. The Federalist Papers are sort of like the the architects of the Constitution. So you have to remember that Alexander Hamilton is like one of the primary framers of the Constitution, and they're the biggest proponents of it because they want a more centralized government, um, because the Articles of Confederation was a huge mess. Um, in in the Federalist number 39, um, Madison argues that the Constitution should be um, a mixture of state-based and population-based government where you have a Um, A Senate, where each state has two representatives, and the House, which is based on population. Which Um, is what we have today. Yes, and they also stated, you know, that the president should be elected by a mixture of the two modes. Okay. Um, And and Alexander Hamilton, in the Federalist number 68, goes on to lay out what he believes are the advantages of the Electoral College. Um, And Alexander Hamilton was very big on the Electoral College. Like, that was, like, one of his... Um, things that he really favored um and first one is that electors come directly from the people and them alone um for that purpose only in that time only um so his idea with this is that it prevents like a party-run legislature um or any permanent body um that could be influenced by sort of like foreign interests um before each election deciding who the electors were Mm -hmm. okay um he also explained that the election would have to take place among all the states, um, so no no corruption could quote unquote taint the great body of the people in their selection. Uh huh. Um, so everyone's doing it simultaneously, um, so nobody can sort of like sway the election or the electors in any way from the states through any any other means. Mm-hmm. Um, the choice would be made by a majority of the electoral college. Um, he also argued um, that the electors meeting in state capitals um, were able to have information unavailable to the general public, that they would be given, you know, sort of inside information. Ah, insider trading. Heard. Well, because well, you have to remember at this time, you know, 
information doesn't flow freely because everybody lives so far away. You don't have any means of like fast communication. Yeah, Twitter wasn't around in the 1700s, unfortunately. <laughs> well, it was, but it was a bird. <laughs> it was a literal pigeon. <laughs> yeah. And and Hamilton also argued that no federal office holder could be an elector. Um, in this way, that none of the electors could be beholden to any presidential candidate. I believe that is still the case, right? Yes, they, they can't be um, a, a, a federal office holder. They can be a state office holder, but not a federal one. I mean that makes sense. You're you're kind of heading off at the pass any sort of conflict of interest. Um, yeah. And he he says you know the decision would be made without quote unquote tumult and disorder, um, as it would be sort of broad based and it would be made simultaneously in various locations um, where they could deliberate uh, reasonably and not in one place where they could be threatened or intimidated. Gotcha. So they don't have, you know, the Electoral College in, like, a building, and then they just have a bunch of cannons on the outside, like, yeah, you need to make that decision. <laughs> or else. The fucking fuse is burning. Fuse is lit. <laughs> um, if the Electoral College doesn't <laughs> achieve a decisive majority, um, the House of Representatives was to choose the president from among the top five candidates. Um, and, and I can this, see absolutely no way that would be problematic whatsoever. None. And this this would also be ensuring the selection um, of the presiding officer administering it would have both uh, good ability and character. Hmm. Hmm. Um, ha- Hamilton was very concerned that someday um, somebody who was unqualified um, but with a talent of quote unquote low intrigue or for low intrigue and the little arts of popularity attaining high office. Oh, God, that like sounds really familiar. <laughs> he's like a fucking psychic. How did he yeah. know? <laughs> it's, it sounds very familiar. So familiar. I think I'd prefer the phrase low cunning, though, you know? I would just prefer the phrase moron. Can we just... Donald Trump's a moron. Can we just say that? Like, he got yeah, in. The entire yeah. reason of the Electoral College is to prevent idiots from him, like, getting in. But he got in, so there's definitely a we dropped the ball somewhere. I feel like you know uh, how it's going to go when somebody gets in and the first thing, the first thing that everyone says is, well, all we can hope is that he has the right people around him. Like, if you hear a lot of people (sighs) saying that, then you know you're in a bad fucking spot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It... It's like Tommy Boy. <laughs> no, Tommy Boy would have been a fucking great president. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? Hey, I can say you a guaranteed piece of shit is just a guaranteed piece of shit. Richard, oh, you're wait. my vice president. It's gotta be it's gotta be your bull. <laughs> it's one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> she must go. I out do with feel one like though. <laughs> I wonder if she dates one of the Yankees. Uh, I feel like he would have been a bad president, though, you know, because he would have sold us out like Rob Ford for another hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rest in fucking beast, but Jesus. Don't worry, his his brother is... His Kevin Farley? Watching. Kevin Farley no. is essentially Chris Farley. Yeah, we, no, Rob, Rob Ford's brother is, is currently, like, one of the, the head people in the, the conservative party in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. Watching, he's watching the neighborhood while Rob watches the skies. Shut the fuck up. Um, Jesus Christ. So, the the Federalists were were also very worried about sort of like 
um, a, like factionalism and sort of like a majority taking over. Um, in the Federalist Number Ten, James <laughs> Madison um, argued against "quote unquote" an interest in overbearing majority and "quote unquote" mischiefs of faction in an electoral system. Um, his definition of a faction was a "quote unquote" a number of citizens, whether amounting to a majority or minority of the whole, who are united and actuated by some common impulse of passion or of interest adverse to the rights of other citizens or to the permanent and aggregate interests of the community. So what does that mean? That means that essentially like what we have today in like special interest groups were what they were worrying about. Yeah, the ones that are currently funding and running most candidates' lives, uh, essentially. Yeah, I feel like these founding fathers were a little bit smarter than we give them credit for. <laughs> well, a lot of them were, like flat out, because they were the rich, educated class. Like, Steve, can you imagine – I'm sorry, either one of you Steves. Can you imagine something that's 200 years in the future? Can you imagine something like – Yes. <laughs> baseball will little, always be too long. Yeah, ba- it'll Nevada be baseball, is still counting. It'll be baseball and Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. Um, I was going to say, have you ever read uh, The People's History of the United States? No. You should definitely read that if you want to know, like, what kind of people started this country. I uh, I watched uh, Colin Quinn's Brief History of the United States. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't think that's the same level of uh, academia, but yeah. It was uh, a you lot know, of you, uh, got, you got these uh, you got these old white guys. I'm Colin Quinn. That's my Colin Quinn. I can't do a good Colin Quinn, I guess. Their their general idea was though that a, a Republican government, which is a government based on representative democracy, not direct democracy. Um, would would sort of like prevent this from happening. They they would prevent it. It would prevent some sort of group from taking over the wide um, group of voters and, and sort of pushing through these types of things. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like aristocracy with extra steps. Because because you'll have to remember too when we get to the actual Constitution, uh, the Constitution um, refers to electors and electors. Um, it one capitalized and one not capitalized, uh, but does not refer to an electoral college. Right. Okay. It's, so it's 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 not until the 19th century that the 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 term electoral college came into general usage. Hmm. Um, I, did not, I did not know that. the The electoral college is not formally written into federal law um, until 1845, um, where it where it's in. Um, Part three of the United States Code, section four, um, in the section headed, um, heading and in the text is College of Electors. Okay. Um, so Article two, section one, clause three of the Constitution provided the original plan uh, by which electors vote for the president. Um, each elector would cast two votes for president. Um, electors did not vote for vice president. So okay. whoever so whoever received the majority of votes from the electors would become president, and the person who came in second would be the vice president. That's an interesting way to do things. So you're forced to work together. Yes, but but in practice it didn't really work out that way. Yeah, no. um, but can, can you? Oh my god, can you imagine Joe Biden, Vice President Trump? Yeah, it, <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> and it, it 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 kind of did happen to a degree. 
Oh, um, no. So, it was based on several assumptions um, by the framers as sort of like what would happen. Um, so that way that the choice of the president would reflect, you know, quote unquote, the sense of the people at a particular time. Um, and that also, too, um, that it's all going through the public will and it would also allow, you know, who was most likely the second favorite to still have a position within the government. I mean, it makes sense. Again, that's, on paper, all this makes sense. See, that sounds more like a ranked system right there. Um, and it, it was also under the assumption, too, that candidates would not pair together on the same ticket um, with assumed placement towards each office of president and vice president. Um, so that they're each trying to be at the top. You know, you're, you're not having a like a vice president on the ticket. Okay. Uh, that didn't last long. Yeah, nope. <laughs> so th- this was, um, the, the original intent was that um, the electors would not feel bound um, to, to sort of support any one particular candidate, um, but to vote with their conscience free of external pressure. Okay. All external pressure? Like, free of us? Well, a- external pressure is not the voters, as to do the job that they were done to do, but with some other force coming in and, and sort of like... Such as a such as a party, a, a political party, if you will, because you have to remember at the time that this is coming up with political parties are not something that existed. It is not something that they originally wanted. Right. So the Whigs and all that weren't in play yet. No, they not, were. Whigs. Well, they 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 sort of come in <laughs> almost immediately. Um, the the Whigs sort of become the Federalists, but yes. Um, so let me ask you something real quick before you go on. So. You elect electors. The electors are elected by citizens, right? Yes. At the time, is the idea of a faithless elector a thing, or is that something that they couldn't predict? They just kind of decided, yo, if the popular people put this person in, like this is how it's going to go. Well, we'll 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 sort of get to that, and the concept doesn't really have as much bearing at this time, because a lot of times. The, the electors are not explicitly um, tied to a political party like they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also chosen through different ways. Um, okay. So usually when somebody is chosen as an elector, um, they, they have a stance. Okay. Um, because a lot of, in a lot of states, you're actually voting for the elector, not the presidential candidate. At this time or today? At this time. Okay, okay. Right. Today, today you're, you're, you're voting for the president and then your political party essentially that the political party of the presidential candidate um has the electors that are set for him gotcha Um, because there was because there was that whole thing with like with like kanye where like all of kanye's electors were all republican electors for donald trump Mm -hmm. yeah and Um, there was no way they were going to cast a vote for him okay so um chief justice robert jackson wrote um no one faithful to our history can deny that the plan originally contemplated what is implicit in its text, that electors would be free agents to exercise an independent and nonpartisan judgment as to the men best qualified for the nation's highest offices. Again, it sounds like aristocracy with extra steps, but okay. Um, so initially, state legislatures are choosing the electors in many of the states. Um, and then, beginning in the early 19th century, states began switching over um, to selection by popular uh, by popular vote. There we go. That's what we're waiting for. Um, in 1824, 
Um, there were six states in which electors were still legislatively appointed, but by 1832, only South Carolina had not transitioned to the popular election system. Sounds about right. You ever drive? Uh, you ever drive up 95 <laughs> in South Carolina? You like fucking red ads? <laughs> no, man. Fucking billboards on 95 that just say secede. It's like yeah. it, it's 2020, pal. Like I don't think that's gonna work. You just wasted a couple hundred dollars to put that billboard up. Also, I got a friend. His name is uh, John Sherman, and he is dying for you to pull that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to uh, go ahead and confederate as you will. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, since 1880, um, every state has chosen based on sort of like the system we use now, but with a popular election held on election day. Um, so this means that by popular election for electors it means that the president and vice president are in effect chosen through an indirect election by citizens. So wait a minute. So at some point they got rid of the the, ele- the electoral the electors and just said it's a popular vote. No, no, you're choosing the electors by popular vote. But okay. before, like a lot of times, the electors were chosen by the state. Like, the state legislature will essentially say, like, these are electors. Yeah, we fucking And then the elector can, can choose whoever they want that's running for president. Yes, and usually, okay. and usually you vote for them on the basis that they're going to go a certain way. Um, okay. Um, so, since, since the time period in the mid-19th century where all electors have been properly chosen, um, the Electoral College has elected the candidate who received... Um, the most popular um, votes nationwide, um, except in the elections of 1876, 1888, 2000, and 2016. And? Oh, wait, no. no I'm sorry. Biden won. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, Biden Biden won both. Um, so if those in those elections means is that though the candidate received the most votes nationwide, um, the, the electors... Um, the electors chose the other candidate. And we don't have to uh, rehash 2000. I feel like most of the people listening to this podcast were alive in 2000 and remember that entire clusterfuck where it was like, what, four months? We didn't know who the president was going to be? Or it was like, but let me go ahead and rehash it for you in one sentence. It was like Al Gore for a little while, then it was Bush and the game. One sentence. Go ahead. Al Gore, no 9 11. Just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) There's a strong likelihood. That it doesn't happen. <laughs> yes, uh, I I'm going to put myself out on a fucking weird island and just say that Al Gore Island doesn't have 9-11. Yeah, because uh, Dick Cheney's not there. Don't God, even get me started. Let's not even go into it, like you said, but yeah. I think we're let's, in agreement. Let's let's yep. not go into your old history, novel. <laughs> um, hey, so, I, play, I set up Crusader Kings and Al Gore. Who was Al Gore's vice in 2000? Who was his vice president? Yeah. Wasn't it, jo- it was Joe Lieberman. Yeah, Joe, Joe Lieb- Lieberman. Joey Liebs. Okay. Jo- um, <laughs> Joey Liebs. <laughs> Joey the Lip Lieberman. So in, in 1824, for instance, like I mentioned, there were six states in which the electors were legislatively appointed um, rather than popularly elected. And these um, electors, I'm sorry to go back, these electors voted for the person they think they should be president based on they just who they think should be president like intelligence wise um philosophy wise idea wise not based on political party well in these in these cases i believe it's whoever whoever in the legislature 
um, how it broke down in the legislative votes decided who should be the president. Okay. Um, so in, in that case, it wouldn't be like in, in November we or we wouldn't have just voted for the president. A, a, every November, whenever they vote for the president, our legislature would just choose it based on the how the legislature set up. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so we don't know in the 1824 election. Um, rather, if what what the true national popular vote would have been, hmm. um, and, and that one too, um, the electors failed to select a single winning candidate, um, so the matter was decided by the House of Representatives. That was eighteen eighty two, eighteen twenty four. Okay, what was that election? Who won that? I believe that was James Madison. Wait, didn't he write this? <laughs> That's a lot John of the Madison. Who, who like John wrote Madison, all this shit okay. ended up going on to become president because I feel like there was only like a population of like forty-five people in the United States based it was, on all the historical texts. It was <laughs> John. I was. I was. And like close. forty of those people were slaves. It, I mean, it was, like <laughs> it was John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson. Who won? Andrew Jackson. Okay. Because John Quincy, oh, so yeah, because John Quincy Adams was already president, and then Andrew Jackson beat him, right? John Quincy Adams is our sixth president. Right. I think Andrew Jackson was the seventh. Oh, actually, Adams won that. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's all right. It's not like, I, uh, dude, I had I have an ex-girlfriend, and she can tell you every president and who ran, and I'm pretty sure for the last at least 100 years, she could tell you every vice president. I used to be able to recite all the presidents in order. Thank you, Catholic school. I don't think that's the same as being able to tell you what the races were going back to. No, nah, but I could at least like recite whatever. all the presidents from zero. Yeah, to but I think at the time I can't. <laughs> I can't. But I can't do that at all. I'm not. I don't care. And uh, it's just one of those things. I just like totally said fuck it on. But I, I am impressed when people can do it. I'm like, man, that's amazing. But Jackson did win the 1828 election, which was also against John Quincy Adams. Ah, there you go. Um. And he was seceded by Martin Van Buren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can and, I can get up to eight in my head. And the Van and the Van Buren yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> They're as mean as he was. <laughs> so you're a Van B boy? <laughs> as as sort of political parties begin to emerge uh, soon after um, sort of the first presidential elections, uh, in seventeen ninety six and eighteen hundred um, in 1796, you know, Federalist um, Party candidate John Adams wins the election. Um, and finishing second place was Democratic-Republican Party candidate Thomas Jefferson. So Thomas Jefferson, who's a member of a rival political party, becomes the vice president. Hmm. That's so interesting, the way that that's set up. And in, and in 1800... Um, the Democratic-Republican Party nominated Jefferson for president, but it also nominated Aaron Burr for vice president. Oops. Uh-oh. So after after all the electors had voted, Jefferson and Burr had tied. Okay. Um, and so because the ballots um, didn't distinguish between votes for president and votes for vice president, you just voted for the person, you know, because remember the the vice president is whoever comes in second. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite Jefferson being his party's choice for being first, um, Aaron Burr 
was actually the person who got the most votes. Really? Um, but because the but because it wasn't a clear winner, um, e- even though they had tied and Jefferson was supposed to be president and Burr was not, um, the House of Representatives um, sort of decided it, and they made Jefferson the president. Interesting. Um, and this was mainly done, too, um, because the Federalist Party representatives... Um, who were lame duck candidates, um, they seized upon the opportunity um, to to sort of... Um, they, they sort of tried to elect Burr over Jefferson, um, but because the House got deadlocked, um, they couldn't really um, do it. And um, them bypassing Aaron Burr is the first in a long line of grievances uh, that would culminate in him shooting and killing Alexander Hamilton, which would give us the Lin-Manuel Miranda opera Hamilton, which well, is terrible. So, God damn you, Aaron Burr. Well, that, that's not really why Aaron Burr shot Alexander no, Hamilton. No, 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 no. It was the first it, in a long line of grievances. Well, his 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 grievances were mainly the fact that um, was was just sort of like everybody like calling him a person of like ill repute. Like talking about him and, and then, and then he um, shoots somebody. Hamilton's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Accidentally proved all my detractors correct. Whoops! <laughs> You're a terrible person. Oh yeah. Well, what if I shoot you? What if I shoot you in the fucking face? <laughs> oh my god! Also, I totally agree that the play Hamilton is just utter shit. It's it's awful. I actually saw it in New York on Broadway. I mean, it was oh, well, interesting for I am like the environment. Shut up. Listen, it was good for the environment, like the, the, the but the play itself just was meh. Right. It wasn't bad, it was just meh. It's marketed at a very specific type of person. They have to like that entertainment. And yeah. I mean there's a it's a large audience, but I'm not I'm not Like I said, I like the energy of the area. I liked being in New York in Times Square on Broadway and all that other good shit, but the play itself just kind of fell flat for me. And, and you know, bro, I make like the masculine argument bullshit where I'm like, oh, I don't like musicals, but there's some musicals I'm okay with, you know? Some like, I like, shit was catchy, I like Phantom of the like. Opera. I like Les Miserables, but... So be- because this happened in this election, um, Congress proposed on December 9th, 1803, um, and... and um, proposed the 12th Amendment, and it was ratified um, by three-fourths of the states on June 15, 1804. Um, so, the 1804 election, the amendment requires that electors cast separate ballots for president and vice president, which sort of replaced the old system. Okay. Um, and Article 2... Steve, I, w- I just want to interrupt you. I apologize uh, if we're not commenting a lot, but a lot of this is like... Not about Ryan. Maybe it's because I'm drinking, but it's going right over my head. Like it's going right over my head. Like I, there's too many things that they keep changing. Like it, it just seems like, like what the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, we're we're sort of hammering it into the the system that it is today. Is it? Was it like? Was it a popular topic of conversation among the gentry? I guess you know, like. Or Bro, was do you it, think these god? <laughs> No, I'm just saying. I, I don't think anything, obviously, because I'm asking a question. I'm no, saying, I'm saying, like, I, there is no way that this was like a popular thing to 
be overheard discussing. I think this is a bunch of like, this is the kind of shit that these guys would get swirlies and get their little fucking wigs knocked off their head if people heard him talking about this shit. Well, no, people fucking nerd. (laughs) People are discussing this because they're they're sort of making it up as they go, and they want the nation to succeed. Isn't that how it feels? Am I the only one? That's exactly how it feels. Like that they're they're making it up as they go. They're they're making up as they go, and people people care about these things. Like like these are the reasons why you know the Civil War happened is because of these types of politics like the idea that the average person doesn't care about this is is completely off base because these are the reasons why people are going to like kansas in the 1840s and just shooting up the place to make it into a slave state i guess i guess when the population is like you know 49 you know people care about things more i i kind of look at things from a lens of today where nobody gives a fuck about the electoral college and talking about that well, yeah, because it's set into stone now, but it's sort of like people getting excited about like the Supreme Court and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, okay. And, and other electoral sense. stuff. It's very much much in flux, like that is. Like the the yeah. electoral college is is pretty much going to stay the way it is until it's either abolished or, or something else is done. Or you got right. a bunch of states that sign a national popular vote compact, just looking at you, West Coast. Um. So. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution states, Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress, but no senator or representative or person holding an office of trust or profit under the United States shall be appointed an elector. So we we covered that already. Basically, you can, as an elector... You can be one, you just can't work for the government. Yes, you can't work for the federal government. And you will have two senators and X amount of representatives. Or you'll have two electors based on senators and X amount of representatives. And and they sort of um, sort of began promoting what's called the district plan. Um, and the district plan will be carried out um, by some states until 1892. And then until 1920, when it is changed to gerrymandering. So, um, <laughs> which was a plan drawn up by Jerry Mander of West Virginia. Oh, they, they they started gerrymandering well before 1920. Uh, God damn it! Um, so, it, in in Massachusetts in 1820, for example, the the rule stated, "The people shall vote by ballot, on which shall be designated who is voted for as an elector for the district," which meant that. You don't vote for the candidate on the ballot. Uh, the citizens vote for the local elector, um, who they who they trusted to to vote for the president. So, so my people up in Massachusetts, they're uh, they're the ones that start that foolishness. They're the first state to do it, I guess. Well, they're they're one of the notable states. Okay. Um, and then some state leaders too begin to adopt this the strategy. Um, that the favorite partisan uh, presidential candidate uh, among the people in that state would have a much greater chance um, if all the all the electors selected by their state were sure to vote the, the same way, um, which sort of begins the evolution of what's called a general ticket of electors. Um, and this yeah. is where you have that the electors are going to vote for that one candidate. Gotcha. Are they required to by law? Um, it depends on the state. I believe in most states they are not, that you can still have a faithless elector. Back then? Yes, back then okay, too. Okay. It, it, it has happened. Um, so state electors are chosen by the state 
um, but they were no longer, you know, going to be free agents or, or sort of like independent operatives. Justice Robert H. Jackson described them as, quote-unquote, voluntary party lackeys and intellectual non-entities. Um, okay. And even though this goes against sort of the, the concepts that, uh, that Hamilton had articulated, um, most of the other states feel compelled to follow suit um, in, in order to compete for the strongest influence on the election. So they, they feel like they need to um, th- that they need to adopt this strategy because they can better sort of influence things on the national scale, making their states more important. Okay. Um, and James Madison, Alexander Hamilton are not very happy with this when they find out about it. Like when this starts uh, starts appearing, um, that's going to be the, feel- that's going to be the title of the episode, by the way. James, James Madison and, and Alexander Hamilton are not very happy with this episode. <laughs> um, so they, they both feel that it sort of violates the spirit of the Constitution. Um, and according to Hamilton, um, the selection of the president should be, quote-unquote, made by men most capable of analyzing the qualities adapted to the station of president. Because Hamilton's idea is, and his sort of problem with this is, he's is like they're supposed to debate and decide who the president is supposed to be. They don't want just somebody coming in and saying like, "Well, that's my guy, so he's the president." Yeah, I don't think anyone wants that. Because, well, they they don't want it to be like it is today, essentially, where you vote you voted for whoever you vote for. And then your state chooses an elector based on your vote. If it wins, um, they're they're saying they don't want that. They say they want you to have some guy who's like an undecided party to go in there and have him decide who, uh, along with everybody else, who should be president. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Mm. Because mm. the way they're seeing it is they don't like political parties and they want it to sort of be like a debate because the whole big thing about the the authors of the Federalist Papers is they do not trust the common people. So Hamilton feels like this is a betrayal of, of Article 2 of the Constitution. And Madison also agreed with him. Um, and, and Madison also says, you know, that when the Constitution was written, all of the authors of the Constitution assumed that individual electors would be elected in their <clears throat> districts and that they did not believe that a general ticket of electors would be chosen by a state. And again, they didn't have 330 million people to worry about. <laughs> yeah, they probably couldn't have even anticipated I really feel that. like they, they couldn't – there's no there's no way they could have imagined what's going to happen today. Think about you – know I mean? someone made the, a really good argument. Um, it's the it's – the, uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Is that Arthur C. Clarke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes perfect and sense. It's, uh, it's, and, and that is exactly... it's fucking magic when I look at my phone. You can switch that, that out. Goddamn magic. You can make a sociological <laughs> argument about that. Like, you know, you could say, like, any sufficiently advanced, like, society is almost indistinguishable from magic because there's no way that they could magically assume that there'd be that many people in the United States. Like, there's no way. They, they didn't even know if we were going to make it 50 years, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, anything I don't Actually, understand is magic. Okay. Like, <laughs> Before I became a paramedic, the heart was magic. Magical. How does that shit beat? Magical. It's Magic. Magical. <laughs> it's a miracle, Ryan. It's a miracle. Um, that just no, that just yeah. makes it so you can you can be a paramedic at a Christian hospital. We don't know. It's all miracle. Yeah, we don't know. Listen, uh, Listen, we're not putting anything in the IV, so you better start praying. (laughs) So listen, there's... Okay, listen, and you can cut the Steve later if you want to. We're sending angels. Angels are coming to help you. Angels are coming from Africa. Angels are coming from Asia. Listen, you can... (laughs) I like how they were selling the bags, empty bags of thoughts and prayers. Uh, You can cut this later if you need to, but there are, like... How about this? I'll cut everything out before this. Fuck Advent Health. <laughs> fuck Advent Health. Fucking, they're still jerking me around. They gave me a fucking blood test, right? They must have used, uh, they must have had some faithless electors on my insurance submission because they had my insurance information. They didn't fucking put it through the insurance. Then I get a bill six months later that says I owe them three hundred eighty-six dollars. I don't know, I'm fucking ten dollars, but they didn't even put it. They didn't put it through my insurance. And you know, I'll say the same thing my brother always says about this, and he's a doctor. How many people pay that bill and don't even fight? I would honestly say it's a coin flip. If you have the That's a lot ability, of money, brother. I understand, but if you have the financial ability to pay it, you probably just pay it just to say, fuck it, get these people away from me. If you I don't feel... have the financial ability to pay it, you just say, fuck it, get these people away from me. Yeah, I feel like the smart people do what I did, which is you call up and you yell. You fucking, I know you can call me a fucking Karen all day, but I'm getting, I'm getting my way because fuck you. And I knew you fucked up. Like Listen, we live in the information it. society, bro. You know, they're, they're, the hospitals overcharge you by an exorbitant amount. So if you argue Absolutely. with them, they will come down. If you tell them, Hey, yeah. listen, I'll pay. I just, it's kind of like going to the mechanic. If you tell the mechanic, look, man, that's an expensive repair. I can pay uh, like close met, to that, but I can't pay all that. Never Maybe met my mechanic from Jersey. He used to tell him all the time, bro, I'm not gonna say his name. Don't work on the car until you call me and tell me what you're going to do because I only have like $200 in my bank account. So if you fucking – if you rebuild the engine, I will not pay you to do it. You Do you understand? Do you understand? You understand? Okay, good. And then about six hours later, you get a call. Uh, anyway, long story short, I rebuilt the transmission and uh, it's gonna be I put some afterburners on the back. It's going to be about $9 billion. <laughs> Really? You motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> okay. So anyway, back so to it. So always know what way your electors are voting before you vote for your electors is what we're yeah, trying to say. Because they're the ones well, that are choosing these shitty mechanics. So while while all this is <laughs> while this is going on with the, the sort of like the political parties who are taking over um, the, the electoral college Madison and Hamilton are, are upset by this because remember states can decide how they choose their electors. Um, the, the whole process isn't really like bolted down in the Constitution. Um, so they decide that they're going to make an amendment um, to, to make it so that everyone has to follow the same plan, that they would have to follow um, the district plan. Sounds a um, lot like you're treading on states' rights now. So the they said, quote-unquote, the election of presidential electors by district is an amendment very proper to be brought forward. Um uh, Madison begins telling um, George Hay about this um, in 1823, that there are plans to draft the amendment. Um, Hamilton begins drafting the amendment, um, but what happens is is that um, – because this is all something that, that Madison is telling after the fact to George Hay in 1823. Because 
Alexander Hamilton is killed say, by how it. How did he talk about Alexander Hamilton if it's 1823? Didn't he die? Well, yes, yeah, because Alexander Hamilton died in 1804. Yeah, so because, there it is. Because Hamilton died in 1804, he wasn't able to finish the, the amendment. Um, and then so Madison also tries to do this as well. Um, but and, – and Jefferson kind of agrees with them. Um, but they're – but they're not really um, they don't really think it can happen. You know, Jefferson explains to Madison um, in, in correspondence um, that he says, quote unquote, the states are now so numerous that I despair of ever seeing another amendment of the Constitution. Oh, no, not 13 states. Oh, no, no there's more at this point. Uh, I'm sorry. How many more? 14, 15? Because remember, because remember, it's Thomas, not 50. Because <laughs> remember, Thomas, it's not 50. But you remember, Thomas Jefferson also did the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, okay. So we're sitting so, like 17 states. So he's effectively got a Louisiana double. Purchase card. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a great song. <laughs> it's a freaking Walmart song. We go with Walmart. <laughs> 31 states in 1822. What? Because remember, in 1804, they've also added Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Um, not not including all the territory they've they've added. Okay. Wait, wait, no, that can't be right. There's no way there's 31 states. I can't find. How about a, 1804? How many states were there in 1804? There are 16 states. There we go. There we go. Okay, thank yeah. you. Steve. Well, Jesus. well, technically, technically, there's 15 because Massachusetts owns both Maine and Massachusetts. Mass- hey, don't ever forget that Maine. Don't ever fucking forget that Maine. Suddenly, you're sucking on it. Um, so. It sort of going out to the methods that states were using to to sort of choose their vote in 1789, um, uh, Pennsylvania was using a winner take all method, and so was Maryland. Um, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Delaware were using the district plan um, by popular vote. So Pennsylvania was was Jared from Storage Wars, and then the district plan that would be Dave Hester. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and then in the other five states, state legislatures are, are choosing um, are, are choosing the candidates so that or the electors. That's Connecticut, Georgia, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and South Carolina. Um, okay. at, well, during this election too, uh, New York, North Carolina, and Rhode Island did not take place in the 1789 election um, because they had not ratified the constitution yet they didn't get to vote for president well that makes ah, sense that's good yeah okay well, if you're not gonna play by the rules then you can't even sit at the table get the fuck out because new york's <laughs> new york's legislature was deadlocked they had they had signed the constitution um uh, but because they they were deadlocked they abstained from voting um uh, and, okay. and and north carolina and rhode island had not yet ratified the constitution okay rhode island um, rhode island so by 1800, Virginia and Rhode Island voted um, at large, uh, meaning that th- you voted like there weren't districts; you just voted as a state. Meaning, whoever the largest candidate was, they yeah. won. <laughs> generally speaking, this, it was William Howard, the, the William Chester Howard A. Taft. Arthur plan. Yeah, what Chester Copperpot. William Howard Taft won because of the largeness factor. The largest. Steve, you're the history man. Did he really get stuck son. in a bathtub? I believe he did, but he wasn't that fat by today's standards. 
Yeah. Well, like, I mean, by today's standards. Yeah, like, <laughs> he was fat by those standards, but essentially... But Dr. Nazaudi or Nazaudi would definitely tell him to lose weight. No, they would ask him. They'd say, hey, Taft, you're so fat. Why are you so fat? And he would say, this is just good living, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what all it is, man. That's what it he is. Just said, he just said, like Tron once said, he said, you know, America doesn't want to see me work. America wants to see me live in. Right. And then he just bit into a giant turkey leg and took a slip yeah, from a bottle like a, of alcohol. Like a fucking, Amazing. he bit into a giant turkey leg like you do at, like, Halloween Horror Nights. Like he's yeah. at a carnival. You know, that was the <laughs> scariest thing to me about Halloween Horror Nights is the turkey bloodbath. Because there are so many turkey leg stands <laughs> that I'm thinking, like, a lineage of turkeys was destroyed every time there's a Halloween Horror Nights. And I'm coming from Jersey. I'm like, the last time I had a turkey leg was Thanksgiving. Here I am in the South for the first time, and I'm at Halloween Horror Nights, and I can get a turkey leg every 20 feet. Listen, also, you want to blow your mind? Think of how big those turkey legs are, and mm-hmm. then think of how big the turkey legs are at Thanksgiving. That's right. not a turkey you're eating. Yeah, that is not a turkey. That is a human baby leg. That is a giant <laughs> fucking leg. And it's That's probably like... truth. It's like at least six months old, too, because it's a That's big That's the dark truth leg. of the turkey leg business. They're just Basically, selling Universal baby Studios legs. is harvesting babies, and they're, they're harvesting babies, and they're taking their legs, and they're selling them at all the concession stands <laughs> right now. Right. So those are baby legs. Not you only is the here. election in dispute, folks, well, I just want to go ahead and bring up the turkey leg problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, he is so smart. Um, at, in, in 1800s, well, Kentucky, Maryland, and North Carolina vote by both by popularity by district. Steve, um, we, we weren't done with the turkey legs. I don't know what you thought. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and, and 11 states voted by the state legislature on their electors. Okay. Um, That's it. So, and then, and then beginning in 1804, um, they, they start moving towards that, like, winner-take-all system, um, which is King. sort of like how we have today. Winner-take-all. I've been watching Star Wars Wars all day, so. Yup. Um, <laughs> so by by 1832, the only state that legislatively chose its electors was South Carolina, and they would abandon this method in 1860. <laughs> oh, South Carolina. Um, Maryland would be the only state using the district plan, um, and from 1836, they, they fell out of use until the 20th century, um, though Michigan used a district plan. Um, for only the 1892 election. Baltimore. Baltimore. Michigan. You said Maryland. <laughs> no, no, I said I, I said Michigan after Maryland. So first, Maryland was the only one to regularly use a district plan. Oh, okay. And then Michigan. And then Michigan wah, used wah, it wah, once wah. in the 1892 election. Why'd they use it that one time? Was it advantageous? You I, I'm to, not entirely sure. I you don't have to answer experiment. that. Yeah, you don't have to answer that. I'm, I was just being a... Uh, pedantic, but go ahead. It would be hilarious if you had an answer for you, though. I, w- I would, yeah, I would never be surprised with Steve. I, I've known him for a long time, and uh, he, he always seems to have one. Um, <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck is he getting this information? <laughs> so, uh, states using vote by district, um, they, they usually included about 10 states from all regions of the country. Mm hmm. Um, and then, so, um, because since 1836, you know, they've all been moving over to this winner-take-all um, voting for their electors. Um, like I mentioned earlier, only Maine and Nebraska uh, use the district plan still. 
Um, so the district plan would give you sort of like a breakdown like they had, um, where the electors chosen by that district will will go one way. And then um, so you'll have a state where like, say, three will go for one candidate and one will go for the other candidate. You can go your own way. They're still doing that right now. Maine and yeah, Nebraska. Ba- Maine and Nebraska, yes. Uh, Maine's has been since 1972 and Nebraska's has been since 1996. 96. 96. That was when I graduated uh, grade school. That's why Nebraska always has blue and red lines on it in the, yeah. uh, the map show. Yeah. Interesting. You know what's funny map. is I didn't learn that until this election, again, showcasing that the common man really doesn't understand what's going on. Um, yeah. Nope. And and sort of based, as we mentioned, too, on the um, within the Constitution, um, that the, the number of, of congressional and electoral college uh, representatives is chosen by um, the census. Um, and, and until after the Civil War, it was chosen using the Three-Fifths Compromise as well. Uh, what is the Three-Fifths Compromise, Steve? Oh, the, th- the Three-Fifths Compromise is that each, each slave um, within a slave state um, which was not only the South at this time. New Hampshire still had legal slavery in the first um, in the first election. Um, it, they count as three fifths of a person um, in in terms of the census because the census does not differentiate between um, under um, like it doesn't differentiate racially at that time, um, just between like free and unfree. Yeah. I knew what it oh. was, but I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> Ugh, just so we can all have that visceral reaction of what Ugh. the fuck. Um, the, the reason why they, they did this was because um, from the Constitutional Convention, um, it would have in theory given 49 votes for northern states um, and 42 for slaveholding states. And that I, I, I spoke, it wasn't New Hampshire, it was Delaware that had Shit. legal slavery at that time. You should have got zero votes. You got slaves. You get nothing. You don't get to talk. No. Just like Steve said earlier, you don't get to come to the table until you sort your own shit out. So you're saying they either get slaves or they get to elect. Basically. Jesus. <laughs> um, That's the two-fifths which, compromise. Which, <laughs> which, which comes later on with the, the 14th Amendment. Um, so what? Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What does? The, the language of the 14th Amendment... Um, essentially states that um, they can't um, if, if you don't have um, free people um, you can't you forfeit your right to vote in the election ah that's my hey, that's my new favorite I, amendment I love it the 14th is yeah I'm here okay, for I it I love the 14th here yeah. for it 14th wait, so amendment wait. I'm never gonna forget it so wait how the fuck does Nebraska still able to still able to vote because as of this year they still <laughs> voted no to remove slavery from the state's constitution well, no, they voted. They voted no for the prison basis of. No, no, of, no, 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 no. There was a literal amendment in the Nebraska state constitution that had the wording of slavery, and the uh, two hundred and seventy thousand people voted to keep it in the constitution of Nebraska. It can't well, be. I, I believe saying. it's not that the wordings in their constitution is the fact that they actually have slaves in practice. You know, just because it's on the books doesn't mean it's it's actually valid. Yeah, like it's Under illegal. It's illegal to well, slurp soup in Princeton, and, New Jersey. And until the <laughs> until the seventies, it was legal to kill Mormons in Missouri. No, no, no. It's still legal. Yeah, it's still legal. <laughs> wait, wait. No, it's not. Don't kill any Mormons. So, for instance, you know, in the first election, where you know states were missing um, because um, North Carolina had not ratified, but 
New York abstained and Rhode Island had not ratified either, um, the northern majority was 38 to 35. Okay. Um, also, just just to go back real quick, it was there. It was voting to remove slavery as a punishment for crime. Yeah, and, and they it, there were two hundred and seventy thousand people that voted no. Like, what the fuck, Nebraska? It's probably yeah, a group of labor. people. Yeah, exactly. It's probably a group that's, of that's people what it was. who don't Again, it doesn't fucking matter. Well, no, it, it does fuck? matter because slavery and prison labor are not exactly the same thing, even though they're very close. Uh, they're not exactly the same thing. Prison, prison labor is allowed under the 14th Amendment. Which is fucking... Which is slavery. Again, which is working, explicitly... Uh, it's explicitly allowed in the amendment that says that slavery can't exist. Is that only Jesus in cases of, of punishment. And um, that's how you know that the founding fathers were racist as shit because they still got their way. They just made it in codified language, so nobody really... The, well, the reason why they allow prison labor as a form of punishment like that is because at that time, they don't really have a conception of, of prison as a rehabilitative thing, as more of like a punishment thing. Right. And they're like, well, well, we have to have them do something. Right. And to say that they can't make them do like hard labor, right. um, they, they felt that that went against the spirit of what was prison at that time. Isn't rehabilitative prison like isn't that like that's like late 20th century isn't it that's yeah it's very modern yeah i was gonna say like that's very modern that's not a new thing i mean we're still like having huge swaths of the population who think that uh if you're a criminal they should just kill you you know what i mean yes Yes. so fucking ridiculous um so despite the three-fifths compromise you know giving southern states um uh, sort of, sort of slightly more representatives. They're still outnumbered eight to eleven percent by northern states. Um, so, so despite the three-fifths compromise, the the South is still um, sort of kept behind the North. It's not giving them like an unfair um, advantage. Okay, that's good. Um, so, so usually throughout a lot of this, you know, there's there's sort of a free soil majority, um, which is one of the reasons why they kept on wanting to expand slavery is because they just wanted more. Um, more votes in Congress because even though um, the free states have a majority, it doesn't mean that the free states are always going to vote against the South. True. Like, there are things that they would vote for that would be in the greater good of the entire country. Yeah. Because usually the biggest um, the, the biggest sort of um, people um, that, that, that there's sort of this debate as whether or not the Electoral College was, was pro- um, was was like a pro-slavery plot, or if it was not, um, and the general consensus is it it really wasn't in that regard because the the slave states never really exercised it in that way. So it being that seems very unlikely. I also think the the people back then were not as devious as to kind of implement something like the electoral college as a plot for slavery. To I I just don't think nah, nah I really don't because. Because the the three fifths, um, so like for instance, Andrew Jackson did benefit materially from the three fifths clause um, for his for his victory in the eighteen twenty eight race, but but he also like won a majority of the country during that race. Okay. Um, so this this sort of like. Um, it, while it doesn't really sort of um, aid. Um, aid slavery it, it does sort of aid um it, it does sort of aid certain political parties in that fashion um that come from regions 
it doesn't aid slavery, but it aids the states that support slavery. Well, for instance, like Andrew Jackson's base was in the South. Like and Andrew Jackson was a slave owner. Yes, but Andrew Jackson wasn't on like a like a pro-slavery like platform because that wasn't being debated at that time. So the thing is, abolitionism doesn't really start coming into the fore until the 1850s. Like the first Republican candidate is on until 1856. Okay. The larger the larger debate, like sort of with the expansion of slavery, is is also one that they that they want more states in order to gain more representatives because more and more non-slave states are being added to the country, which is which is skewing things. And they also know that they need to expand slavery because the way that the cotton industry works is so destructive on the land that they keep needing more land. And Eli Whitney has not come around with the cotton gin yet, has he? Well, Eli Whitney makes it, and that gives them more life. That that allows slavery to go on longer than it would would not have. That's what um, I'm saying. He hasn't come around yet. Though, yeah, right? but but regardless of the cotton gin, they still need more land because they're they're just sort of running through all of the land, like destroying it, growing cotton that they mm. need to keep moving around. Gotcha. Right. Um, also, too, um, you know the the Constitution also restricts. Um, restrict slavery, um, uh, so on. So it was sort of like a decided thing at that point. Um, and while while it does, it, it did sort of protect slavery. It, it's still up to debate as whether or not it like gave them an unfair advantage. Okay. Slaves? No, the the numbers they're getting for the three fifths compromise. Oh, okay. Um. Because, for instance, Abraham Lincoln... So basically, Lincoln, yes, the slaves. Because, <laughs> for instance, Abra- Abraham Lincoln won the 1860 election. Um, but but that had a lot to do with the fact that there were um, four main candidates running. Um, and he only got 39.8% of the votes. He just more benefited from the fact that there were three other people running against him. Right, so he he won because Joe Jorgensen got some votes. Yeah, right. because, because Joe Jorgensen and Kanye... Kanye got some came votes. Into, yeah, Kanye. Yeah. Did G- Kanye Jesus. actually factor in? Because Jorgensen factored in, but did Kanye factor in at all? I, I think the most votes Kanye got was like 40,000 or something like that. Where was that? Was that like in like the San Fernando Valley or something? It was like in Tennessee. Get the fuck out of here. Why? <laughs> it was either there in Nebraska or something. That's fucking weird. I don't know, because he wanted to bring in a Christian theocracy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But the funny like his, part about Steve is that he's not lying. <laughs> yeah, his whole his whole platform was like, it's like we're gonna make the country be Christian. We're gonna make. That's like the worst possible platform you could run on in a country. He's like, he's like, they're gonna teach Christianity in schools. They're gonna make the children pray. Oh my god! Here's your daily reminder that under go- one nation under God, see again added later. It's not from the see, original. Again, the common man. <laughs> uh. Um. So, like I said, there, there's sort of this debate. Um. It could have been possible that this three-fifths compromise, like amount of population, could have could have swayed an election in a in a very like unequivocally like stated like advantage. Um, but at this point, it's just something that like historians and, and political scientists sort of 
sort of go back and forth about, unable to really decide if it really gave them a definitive victory, because it, nothing really came up that allowed that, because the most of the country up until the, the breaking point of the 1850s was still pretty, you know, like, in, either indifferent or, or generally pro-slavery. Right. They were, they were, would you say they were status quo? Why would well? It, it mainly has to do with the fact that your average white person in the North does not want um, black labor coming there because the fear was always, you know, they'll take and, and our jobs. Well, well, yes, that, and it's sort of like the thing with immigrants is that a, a black person who who is a slave, you know, they'll work less than a white person, so they're going to undercut you on your jobs, and you're going to lose your job. They weren't they weren't anti-slavery in the north for noble reasons if that makes sense to boil it down. They were anti-slavery because they wanted their job. Let's say as an average well, they probably Well no were no not no, no they they those are the people who are who are pro-slavery. They they want to keep black people out of the north. They're fine with them being on plantations. Oh, they view it's better. like a natural order. The yeah, thing okay. the thing with the people in the the abolitionists uh, most of the abolitionists too are not like pro-black people they're just anti-slavery as an institution like they're not they're not saying like you know that black people are going to be free like a large number of abolitionists wanted to ship um black people en masse to africa from the united states so again you know? they were not abolitionists for morally good reasons not all, well, just not all well, no no you're 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 sort of they're, they 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 were opposed to slavery on moral grounds but once slavery is done they don't they want they don't want the they don't want the slaves you know to like yeah they were still bigots like, go elsewhere yeah, yeah it's like it's like you can be opposed to sweatshops but but you're not gonna like buy a house for the for the kid working in the sweatshop is essentially the way they're 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 rationalizing it that was their rationale okay okay that yeah. they're that they're like slavery is wrong it's immoral but like after black people are freed a lot of them were like well we got to send them elsewhere. God, that sounds like fucking the abortion argument. Holy shit! It is the abortion <laughs> argument. It's the, Abortion's immoral, but once that baby's born, yo, don't don't you dare to ask for anything. It's the exact same logic. It's the exact oh same logic. God. Go ahead and feel oh feel free to tell that to the next person you meet that's anti uh, pro choice. So, um, and and like I had mentioned before, in in section uh, when we get to the Fourteenth Amendment, section two of the Fourteenth Amendment does state. Um, that the state's representation in the House of Representatives uh, will be reduced if the state denies the right to vote to any male citizens aged 21 or older, um, unless on the basis of participation in rebellion or other crime. So, in other words, a criminal can't vote. Yes. So, if you're if if you're either like in, in rebellion against the against the government, um, or you've committed some crime where they've taken away your right to vote. Um, those are acceptable under the 14th Amendment, but they can't just say, you know, like, we, we don't think, like, like black people should vote. So that was the way, right, I was about to ask, that was the way they were saying, we don't think black people should vote. And that's, and that's where you get sort of, like, the sort of, like, pr- imprisonment eventually being used by the South as a means to disenfranchise black people, and you have, like, voter tests and stuff like that. Right. That's something that comes out of the 14th Amendment. Because you have to remember, Jim Crow does not immediately happen after the end of the Civil War. It's something that comes along over time as the South, like, Southern politicians begin to sort of test the waters and sort of come up with these, like, cheat codes, as you could see them, to sort of disenfranchise black people and, and not get smacked for it. It's so gross. 
All right. Anyway, electoral college though. Um, and the 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 reduction would be um, proportionate to the to the amount of people who are denied the right to vote. Um, and the amendment also states the right to vote at any election for the choice of electors for president and vice president of the United States. Um, so it's the only part of the Constitution um, currently alluding to electors being selected by popular vote. Because okay. re- remember, previously in the Constitution, it just states that states choose electors. Mm-hmm. What that means, it's up to the states. So what year, yeah. what year is this now? Um, this is 1866. Man, we are moving along. That's because that's really the debate for the 14th Amendment. Because um, Thaddeus Stevens, um, who was the leader of the Republicans at that time, he was the character played by Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln. Um, oh, he, he yeah. delivered a speech um, on the amendment's intent um, regarding Section 2. He said, The second section I consider the most important in the article. It fixes the basis of representation in Congress. If any state shall exclude any of her adult male citizens from the elective franchise or abridge that right, she shall forfeit her right to representation in the same proportion. The effect of this provision will be either to compel states to grant universal suffrage or so shear them of their power as to keep them forever in a hopeless minority in the national government, both legislative and executive. Basically, you let your people vote, or you ain't getting shit. I like um, and then, wow, this really um, does build right up into the Civil War, doesn't it? And so, uh, Federal Law 2 U.S.C. Section 6 implements the the mandate of Section 2 of the 14th Amendment. So it's federalized. It's, it's in there. Yes, yeah, so there, it actually has teeth after that. Um, and Article 2, Section 1, Clause 4 of the Constitution... I wish we could get some teeth in some of these mask mandates, am I right? Hey. hey. Um, it, it authorizes Congress to fix the day for which electors shall vote, um, which must be the same day throughout the United States. Um, and should be a holiday. And no, this is the this is no, when no, the, electors the electors vote. I'm just <laughs> not not the national election. Oh, okay, electors. Electors. Yeah, this is this is uh, when the electors vote. It should be on a fucking Monday. It should, it should be. be on a miserable fucking Monday yeah. for these assholes. It should take um, the rainiest well, fucking state. Well, Ryan, this is this is where um, this is where you're um, you're vindicated because uh, yes. since 1936, um, it was fixed by Congress that the electoral college will meet on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December, next following their appointment. Yeah, yeah, get fucked. Meet on a Monday, asshole. That sounds sounds really, like, unnecessarily convoluted on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December. Wait, what? I know, doesn't it? They they all do that. After the full moon, after the shroud of Odin falls from the sky. Well, it's like Thanksgiving. They they do, and, and the election, like, they always do that because of how the days fall. They can't just say, you know, like, the election will be held on November whatever. Like they, they want to make sure it's on a certain day, depending on how the the calendar falls. So there's they're sort of like future proofing it. What? Yeah, that. Yeah, they failed. Um, so wow. Article Two, Section One, Clause Two of the Constitution, um, as I've stated before, disqualifies all elected and appointed federal officials from being electors, and it also sets the office of the Federal Register um, with administering the Electoral College. Okay. Um, after the vote, each state sends to Congress a certified record of their electoral votes called the Certificate of Vote. Um, this is how it's still done today, correct? Yes. 
Okay. Um, these certificates are open during a joint session of Congress, um, which is held in the first week of January and read aloud by the incumbent vice president acting in his capacity as president of the Senate. Can Mike Pence read anything aloud? I feel like I've only heard that dude talk once. Uh, he's talked a lot, but, you know, it's like any vice president. It's just, who cares? Background noise. Yeah. Okay. Plus his wife only lets him talk on, like, Mondays. I can't really remember what he sounds like, so in my head he sounds like Cotton Hill. Uh, <laughs> it's not, no. He kind of sounds more like Hank, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. He kind of sounds more like Hank, actually, you know? I'll have to look him up and see he, what he sounds he like. He used to be a he used to be a talk radio guy, so Yeah. He sounds like Fraser Crane. Um I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well he doesn't like black people, so it's fine not to like him. Oh, fuck. Um <laughs> What? Tell me I'm wrong, he fucking he, no, he fucking no, almost, no, he caused right. an AIDS AIDS crisis in a black community on fucking yeah, purpose. He, it's he fucking like obvious to everyone except the people who voted for him. <laughs> He doesn't like black he, people. He doesn't like women. It's almost he like he's hates a, gay like he's people. A fucking white supremacist. Yeah, hates hates anybody for the LGBTQ once, community. Once once gay people to be electrocuted until they're not gay anymore. And so, if any person receives an absolute majority of electoral votes, you know that person is obviously declared the winner. Um, if there is a tie, or if no candidate for either or both offices receives an absolute majority, then choice falls to Congress in a procedure known as the contingent election. Um, that's for the House votes, right? Yeah, it's for the House votes for the for the candidate. Um, okay. I went to when when each of the certificate of votes are, are sort of read. Um, representatives um, from those states can can give a written comment on that, um, but um, it doesn't really do anything to really spoil things. It, it's sort of set into stone, you know, who the electors have chosen or are to be chosen by the the state and accepted. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Because um, there's been a couple, um, with the most recent election, you know, some sort of conservative operators have been calling um, for their states, um, representatives who are from, you know, red states from saying, like, going against what the people voted for. Hmm. Saying, you know, that they should that they should sort of say that that, that doesn't count and that they, they don't accept that. Um, but, but, then, but then again, that's, that's just sort of like that... That, that sort of talk that they have where they talk about, you know, like who Trump can pardon, including himself, e- even even in cases where, you know, Trump cannot pardon himself because of how the law is written. In cases when Trump cannot pardon himself, are you insinuating that there's times that Donald Trump can, I'm sorry, are you insinuating that there's times that the president can pardon themselves? No, I'm saying there isn't. They're they're saying okay. that he can, and I've, I've, I've said this to people as well, it's like, well, it very clearly says that he can't and, th- and they just sort of go like well we'll, we'll let the courts decide that that's it's, because it's they sort of like <laughs> that's because they can't lose their argument that's a, you're, you're arguing with an yeah. authoritarian at that point yeah someone already told that person that it that he can and uh and you give them evidence to the contrary and they throw it out by suggesting that the courts could change that evidence that's what it is fucking authoritarian douchebag so we, we've sort of gone the groundwork of the development of the Electoral College, um, and in the next episode, we'll sort of talk about um, the modern Electoral College and also how, oh, like, yeah. some sort of reform measures that have been promoted for the Electoral College. Reform, like, throw that shit in the trash, baby! Yes. 
Yeah, I'm not like a big fan of the, of uh yeah, well we'll talk about that more next episode like what should really replace it, but uh at the end of the day. Um okay. Well, so do you want to like sum up where the electoral college is at this point? Well, I would say where where it is is generally it's become a sort of uniform system where the states will choose delegates based on their number of representatives in the house and their senators um and then they will then um, cast their ballots um, in December, and then this will be accepted in January. And how much of that uh, at this point in time, which was the late 1800s? That, that's what sort of begins formalized into what it is today. Okay, so how much of it uh, is that their vote is based on the popular election at that time? At, at that time, it is mainly but um, done on that general ticket where originally they were supposed to be choosing, you know, just sort of like learned individuals to sort of debate as to who the president should be. Oh, my God. All right. Until next time. <laughs> Until next time. Um, R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Lost a great one. Oh, my God, dude. What is Rip to a good one. What is sadness? Oh, that is correct. Um, yeah. So rip Alex Trebek. Fucking hopefully rip the electoral college very soon. God damn it. I'm drunk. I'm going I need to stop drinking. I've been taking nips of Jameson this entire Oh my god, that's a long time to be taking nips, bro. Every time I've heard some shit I don't like hearing, I just take a nip. You're taking more nips than a bondage porno. <laughs> and on that note. And on that note, on that nip. Alright. I need to get the hell out of here. See ya. Later, everybody. Bye.